Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Monk, and the podcast that asks you to monk now or forever hold your funk. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh, I'm your host, Jay Chris, who joins always by Andre Brera. Andre, how are you? We are, <clears throat> we are running on fumes, uh, ladies and gents, uh, uh-huh. but I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. We're in the home stretch. It's exciting. I'm excited to be uh, talking about some to the last episodes. I mean, it's uh, it's been a big thing. Um, obviously, we'll talk more about it as we get the actual end but uh yeah when did we start this uh, i want to say like june of last year okay so we made it it took a year yeah it took a little over a year yeah wow okay i literally don't even remember how this all started but it must have been i think my first few episodes i was recording from my mom's house still you were i think yeah you definitely recorded at least some episodes from your mom's house um but uh anyway we're not here to talk about your mom's house um, we're here to talk about Mr. Monk is the best man. Now, uh, you know, this is obvious question. Have you ever been someone's best man? When you got married, did you have a best man? Because I know it was at a courthouse, so. It was at a courthouse, so there was no best man yeah. here. Um, have I ever been the best man? I think you uh, would remember. Yeah. yeah, no, okay. No, not like, I guess, yeah, I kind of was in Italy. Um, but there was kind of like no, there was like two best men. It was me and yeah. his brother, so. Oh, okay. Yes, in a way I was. All right, yeah, I've never been a best man. Um, the hard thing about being a brother of three, like a one of three brothers, is that, like, it's kind of understood that none of us can ever ask any other ones to be a best man because it's just how do you do that? <laughs> like, So it's kind of like you have, we, we all have to choose a friend, basically. Um, nah, that's different, though. You have a twin brother. Yes, but we're all very close to Indians. We're all equally like I. It wouldn't if I were to pick Michael. Michael would pick me. That my twin. That would be understandable. But I still think that like I still wouldn't feel. I mean, I might, but it, I don't know. I think that we. I know Kevin at least definitely. He can't pick either of us. That's the important thing. Like he, he can't. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have any brothers, so yeah. that would be tough. Yeah, I mean, especially because we're all really close and like you know we're only like two and a half years apart. So. Yeah, he, all, I, what I know for sure is that he can't pick uh, Mike Lorai. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it's another wedding episode, whereas this one actually really doesn't take much place at a wedding. But it starts off, um, as all weddings do, with a proposal, where Monk and Natalie are in the, the uh, police office, uh, and uh, they're getting a paycheck, and Monk notices that Stahlmeier's acting strangely. Yeah, he's... Uh... <laughs> He's been, uh, well, first of all, TK shows up to the office and she gives us some some context to why they think mm. that that might be the mm. case. You know, she's dressed to the nines. You know, she's looking good. Uh, you know, Virginia Madsen, handsome, beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's their six month anniversary. And apparently mm. they're going to a fancy dinner at a place called La Pasteria. Yeah, exactly. Um, is it a pasta place? Who knows? Is it I, a Mexican place? I have no idea. I think Could it's... La Pastoria sounds like a pasta place, um, but I, we, I can't know for sure. You, you, know, you never know. There's, you know, false yeah. cognates and all. Um, but, uh, yeah. so, that's when Monk puts it together that he's going to propose. Because, one, he has something in his pocket. He trimmed his mustache a few days early. And he's been talking to himself all day. And then he fl- he's seen flossing his teeth. So, at all the telltale signs... Yeah, I mean, these are all things that I would normally do in a day, so I guess, um, sure. Pat something uh, in your pocket and, I mean, talk, yeah, I guess so. I've had something in my pocket all day, trust me. Okay, uh, I'm not gonna go <laughs> Um, and yeah. so, uh, you know, he ends up coming out of his office, and, um, you know, there are, he's immediately knows something going on, because TK's crying, and Natalie's holding back tears, and everyone's emotional, so, uh, yeah, he's, he's immediately confused yeah and then monk totally just completely uh deceives everyone by tell or deceives deceives scott by telling him stop that uh tk figured out that she's proposing to him when really it was him that fucking Mm -hmm. completely yeah gave it all up yeah and so he's about to propose right then and there but she's like no no let's do it in private and give the whole speech but she basically alludes that she's gonna say yes yeah, I mean, you wouldn't, I mean, you'd have to be a real sicko to, like, know that he's going to yeah. propose to you and then still want to go to dinner after that and mm-hmm. say no. Yeah. And so, yeah, they take, she looks at the ring, you know, it's nice, and then it's like, oh, we're going to go to a wedding. Cut to a theme song, cut back, they're at a crime scene, and there's a rookie cop who, his stomach, he can't handle it. It's, it's pretty gross what's happening. Yeah, um, 
not unlike no actually very unlike max Mangella in spiral from the book of saw um you know he handles it a little bit better uh I, yeah truly pretty, that's even a reference that i'm not even on i mean i know from i know the movie but i did not see it and i don't even but i appreciate you what going there you know, I watched it. I just really like saying the phrase spiral from the book of Saw. I, just... I completely understand. Yeah, of course. The more convoluted a movie title, the better, you know? Yeah, so so it looks like some sick shit. Uh, fingers are missing. Um, there's, like, no DNA. Because it's like, you it know, was burned. Yeah, the body was burned. To a crisp. Um, been watching way too many things where bodies get burned. Literally, I think last night we were watching an episode of You, mm-hmm. uh, the Penn Badgley show. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody's, I guess, people burn bodies at the park like it's like fucking going out of style or something. Like, is that a thing? That doesn't even seem. Smart I don't at know. All. I, the park in this episode looked less like like a park park and more just like a public nature area that was like cordoned off to not be developed on. You know, because like it's it's not like it's a uh, park for kids to play in. You know. No, no, no. I think it's like a national park. I mean, I yeah. know where it is. It's definitely yeah. fucking um, Griffith Park. One hundred percent. Okay, shout out yeah. to Griffith Park. That's one of those LA landmarks that you know you hear people re- reference. Um, it's actually the biggest park uh, in the United States. I want to say, like, wow. not like a national park, but like no, yeah. but in terms of like a, a, res- a, a municipal park. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Summer comes in singing "Cheek to Cheek," um, and he's is that, a, know, is that a famous song? It's a it's a song that I know that Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett covered on one of their albums because that was like they did on SNL once I think, but so I it must be because I don't think that they covered non famous songs on that album, um, okay. So, uh, and so yeah, there's no ID and it's Stamar even says he says Holy Monkey, which you know I think you I hope you appreciate it because you're always telling us to get monkey. Yeah 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 I did like that for sure. Yeah, and uh, Randy assumes that it's probably a drifter who was shot by some kids in the back and then lit on fire. Yeah, which, you know, it's something that kids are known to do, just shoot drifters and light them on fire and, and leave them there mm-hmm. and, uh, and and clean up after themselves. Yeah, because there's no fingerprints on the bottle of vodka he had. And no, 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 no. You are burying the fucking okay, lead, my sorry. friend. It was a bottle of sorry, Bacardi sorry. 151. Right, you're right, it was Rob, sorry. I have wrote down rum too. Uh, I actually don't think I have. I've obviously had Bacardi in different forms, but I've never had 151. You know what the whole thing with 151 is? I don't, right? actually. What is it? Is it 151 years old? I assume No. It well, it's 151 proof, meaning it's 75.5% oh, alcohol. okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, that, I, I don't know why I didn't assume that. but uh, it's, it's fucking lighter fluid. But it's, oh, wow. It, it'll, it'll get you right. And it will get you on fire if, uh, if someone yeah. is wants to set you on fire. So, yeah, yes. the only one boot survived, but it's pretty clear it's not kids because kids just wouldn't shoot. A, you know, they're just dumb. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we got to get Monk involved then. So then we cut to Randy practicing his song that he's going to sing at the wedding for Natalie. But there's one problem. Um, it sounds what? a lot like Light My oh, Fire. Right, by the doors. Yeah, um, what parts? I mean, to be, f- uh, well, the music and the lyrics. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, the, I mean, the lyrics don't, but I mean, the melody, I get yeah. it. Yeah, uh, that's what she meant. I th- yeah, I, yeah, I think that that's what she meant. But yeah, you're right that that doesn't make a lot of sense because the lyrics aren't the same, obviously. No, but I do like, we love you, TK Stottlemyre. Yeah, I mean, I think the doors like actually kind of stink, but whatever. Yeah, they're definitely, if Jim Morrison died at the tender age of 76, no one would give a shit about them. But, um, you know, uh, anyway. Um, Lizard King. So, uh, Randy's saying that that's his gift, though. The song is a gift. Which, I'll say this, I'm not someone who's very materialistic, but if someone were to come to a wedding and perform a song insist on performing a song and then say that that was their gift i wouldn't be that happy about it <laughs> i mean yeah probably not like yeah, if it was this if, if it was like it if they like compose a truly original song that was like good then fine but if they just like p- p- pulled out a guitar and played a like parody of light my fire i'd be like really dude like this guy spent money on a freaking food processor what would you do i mean it's a cop wedding i don't know yeah that's fair i don't know if the, i don't know what the rules on cop weddings are um but, uh, you know, um, I just know I probably wouldn't be invited to one. Anyway, um, we then cut to Monk and Stamar looking at some crime scene photos. And Stamar asks, you know, are you okay with me and TK? You know, because of the name, because obviously the T stands for Trudy. And Monk says something that I think is very sweet here, where he says, everybody should have a Trudy, which is a nice sentiment. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't, 
I don't think I at this point even expected him to have a problem with it. No. But yeah, so you know he's 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 good with it, and and then we get to what leads to um, the title of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sotomayor has like a roundabout way of basically mm-hmm. asking him uh, to be his best man because mm-hmm. he's known him on and off, I mean not on and off but on for like twenty over twenty years mm-hmm. and. I mean, we haven't seen Stott to have that many friends, so mm-hmm. you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that Monk um, mm-hmm. accepts. Yes, and his main job—it's not very complicated—is just not to lose the ring, the ring that TK is going to get. And so he puts it in his hand, his fist, and he doesn't open the fist for the rest of the episode until like the way in, which you know. Okay, but but really, it actually—it's a lot more than that. Of course. Um, I mean, the only okay, the only reason why I put an asterisk on me being the best man was because I actually couldn't go to the bachelor party. Mm-hmm. Cause mm. I was like a, I was joke. I was broke like at the time. Yeah. And I remember it was, I don't remember where it was. I think it was in, in Denver or something mm-hmm. and I couldn't go for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, that's your main thing. It's like, yes. and you're the best man. You have to, you know, set up the bachelor party. Mm-hmm. You have to get all the, the gifts, right. Mm-hmm. To, for the whole groomsman party. And I don't think, I mean, before it ends up becoming a, beach wedding did we have an idea of the rest of the court no we only well obviously we know stephanie was the maid of honor but that's it okay yeah i also do think though for a second wedding and for people who are getting married in like their 50s i think i i there's probably less pressure to do all the other stuff at least at least on stammer's because stammer's already been married i don't think that he's you know obviously he wants a bachelor party but he's not i don't think it's the same expectation as if someone in like your late 20s or 30s you know right well i'll say this i will Mm. at some point me and my wife will have a five-year uh, renewal kind of mm-hmm. thing, and that will be our actual wedding ceremony. So I will have to go through it four years. You know, but the thing is, there's a lot less pressure because it's not like because you're already married. I feel maybe I'm wrong about that, but I feel like it's less of a. But, just... if, but if you but if you're married and no one is around to see it, does that mean that you are actually? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the court of law saw it, so <laughs> I think that you're okay. But anyway, uh, yeah. Um, TK comes in and is immediately shocked by the crime scene photos. But wearing uh, some fucking like a pink satin like jumpsuit, like just yeah, she really... works for Consumer Reports. She's gotta be dressed in the nines. Um, and yeah, they don't have a DNA match, and uh, you know she's a bit weirded out by it. But you know what? It's the nature of the job. Um, but the, she's coming in because she has a request. Apparently, Stephanie Briggs, her maid of honor, who's like a sister to her, got caught speeding, and it was her third offense. So she's in the clink. Yeah, she's in the clink. Um, and we'll find out later that she was going 75 in a residential area, which, you know what? You deserve to get locked up for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not only that, not only that, not only is she in the clink, but she's actually in the, in their clink. Yeah. She's downstairs mm-hmm. and she asked thought if he can, you know, pull some strings and get mm-hmm. her out. And, you know, he obliges. Yeah. And also the car they need to get out of the impan lot too, which is a big deal. And, uh, Stephanie's played by none other than Terry Polo, um... Who you? I honestly have no idea what. I know what, two things about her. Go. She was in the that one the movie with Ben Stiller. Meet the Robert parents, Deere. of course. Meet yeah. the parents. All three. And she of them. pretty and she famously like went broke. I didn't know about that. That's where I was gonna. What did, did, I don't. I mean, I know that she was on an ABC Family show for a while too, but it is strange that Meet the Parents is I think still one of the top ten high scores in comedies of all time. It made like three hundred million dollars and is a comedy and spawned yeah. two sequels. You know. Yeah. And the ostensible, the fact that the ostensible female lead of that ep- of those movies just didn't have a movie star career is kind of bizarre. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, sorry, those three things. Sh- I know she also posed for Playboy. Okay, that I mean good for her. Um, okay, but also here, I just have to read this article yeah. from TMZ real quick. I'll do it as sure. quickly as I can. I, it's an article from TMZ. I'm definitely here for it. Yeah, Meet the Parent star Terry Polo has royally fucked herself, at least in the money department, because TMZ has learned she went belly up. And this was in 2014. Uh, she filed for Chapter 11, claiming she's buried in nearly a million dollars of debt, most of which she owes to the IRS. She, owes, she owed 772000 in back taxes and thirty six k in credit card debt. And she also says her landlord's going after her for thirty k after she allegedly left an old apartment covered in dog crap and urine. Woof. So maybe she was a nightmare and that's why she didn't have a career? But, uh, man. Yeah. Really just a bad look for Terry Polo. Um, yeah. Famously anyway. related to Marco Polo, by the Of way. course. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, she was. She says she was driving 75 because she was going to the caterers. And because, you know, she's in charge of doing all the stuff for the wedding. And 
you know, Summer's like, oh, let's get just married at the beach then. Um, but they insist, no, he, no, no. Not only that, he wants a jean and, jeans and sandals wedding, yeah. which is just one of the more reprehensible things I think I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the thing is, if I didn't move out of Florida for college, there's a 0% chance I would go through my life without having gone to a jeans and sandals wedding. So um, I'm glad that that's the case. Um, as long as you haven't gone on a sandals cruise, your life is a success. I, yeah, I haven't gone on a sandals cruise. And I, I think is, I'm not someone, I have no issue with people who... They actually, the only problem I have with the jeans and sandals wedding is the jeans part. Like, I have no, if y'all want to have a wedding on a beach where it's not a formal, I mean, if you have, I'll say this, if you have a wedding on a beach, it shouldn't be formal. You shouldn't be making people wear tucks up the beach. That's fucked up. But, um, I, I have no problem. It's just the jeans I have a problem with. I don't know, man. Jeans and sandals is a pretty, I can't deal with that. That just is, it's a very specific, like, 2006 look. Like, Abercrombie mm-hmm. polos with the... With the the collars popped, you know, just it doesn't. Yeah, take no, me I'm, to I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I. I'm just saying that the jeans are the thing I have a problem with. If someone wants to have like a wedding on a beach where everyone just wears like polos and like khakis, I think that that's fine. I, what I'm saying is I don't need everyone. I have no moral issue with a wedding that's not tux and dress. If that makes sense. Person like a true Florida boy. I mean, sure. I the thing about you learn in Florida is that uh, you know, I always would joke that whenever I would show up to like anywhere in New York in a hot uh polo shirt and uh like not dirty shorts i would say that this would get me into the fanciest restaurant in my hometown anyway um Mm -hmm. which is true but uh so they then they decide they're not gonna do that um and uh stammer takes his tux which stephanie is a little apprehensive about she wants to check it but he's like "No, no no i'll just bring it up to the office hint hint um and so uh then we cut to monk making a sandwich which normally he has a whole system, but he's kind of having trouble now. Yeah, he uh, he has the ring firmly enclosed in his hand, and so he's basically working one-handed, kind of, unless mm-hmm. you, like, club it or something. Um, and that's his method, uh, because apparently pockets aren't dependable. Mm-hmm. They rip, mm-hmm. and he needs to make sure that he keeps the ring. Which, you know what, for whatever reason, I mean, no, it, I mean, it kind of, like, made it seem that way, but I for sure thought that a lot of this plot of this episode was going to be he lost the ring and needed to get it back. Yes, and I'm glad it didn't, because that would be yeah, so, annoying. Same. Because it's one of those things, as we always talk about, that the worst Monk plots are the ones where Monk has an anxiety and then it happens. It's like as if he was, like, freaking out over having the ring, and, like, broke his fingers over it and then lost the ring, it would be like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, so, Monk is, ja- Natalie asks about how the bachelor party's going, and he says he bought beer and a movie. And you know from the moment he says that, one, he didn't buy enough beer, and two, the movie is not the type of movie that you would think. I mean, I didn't even think about that. I was just more like, nah, man. Like, I mean, I necessarily... Probably wouldn't necessarily want to go to a strip club for my bachelor party, but certainly something would have to happen. We need to go to like a club or like not a club, but like a bar, something like yeah. that. It yeah. wouldn't take place at a home. Period. Yes. Correct. Although this wedding is incredibly short notice, so that is a thing. I uh, know. Obviously, I think you're still right. We still should go to a bar, but in any event, um, yeah. I I remember that my older brother went to my cousin's bachelor party which was not at a club or a bar, but what it was, and I think that this is a good, generally good idea, it, like eight guys rented a house for like a weekend at the Jersey Shore. You know, that I think is like, oh, that's... yeah, t- absolutely. Yeah. That's that's acceptable. Yeah, it's My... like, yeah, I think that, that that type of thing, that would be the vibe that I would want, because I'm not, I, you know, I'd rather have something that is like more chill than crazy, because, you know, I can go to a bar any night. You can't, Having people like spend a whole weekend together is like a special thing, if that makes sense. Okay, I've been to quite a few bachelor parties, mm-hmm. um, but nothing will ever compare to the bachelor party that we went to for my buddy uh, Gabriel's uh, wedding. This was 2016, mm-hmm. I want to say, and we went to Costa Rica. Wow. <laughs> and man, I mean, if I told you, like, if you're ever, like, with your family, do not ever go to Jaco Beach. J-A-C-O. Don't ever go there. Okay. All you're going to see are prostitutes and drug dealers and all kinds of so stuff. So it, it, it sounds like I don't want to go there by myself, just knowing me. I, I appreciate that, the passion of my too. family, but it's just that doesn't sound like my vibe at all. I mean, it was a hell of a time. But I'm sure it was. There are a lot of things but... that people enjoy that I know are not for me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm not completely, I'm definitely not nearly as bad as Monk, but I definitely do have enough Monk in me where that does not sound appealing at all. 
Um, but, Ironically, uh, the weird thing is like, so my friend Gabriel, he's like four, three and a half years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his younger brother, I'm like, I was best yeah. friends with growing up. So that's why we were yeah. like all involved in stuff. And um, so it was all the younger folk that were on that trip that were actually the most well-behaved, and all the older guys were just going fucking buck wild. <sighs> Man, I, uh, yeah, can't imagine that, but I'm glad you had a good time. L- last tango in Costa Rica. Anyways, Wolf. continue. So, uh, yeah, um, n- we then cut to Stoudemire and TK canoodling outside of uh, his home, and she's like, I gotta get back to my place, but then she decides not to. They open up the door, and uh-oh, it's been ransacked. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the way that she reacts uh, initially, it's like, I thought there was going to be, like, a dead body in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just got his shit broken into, like... Yeah, but you don't know if the person's still in there. Like, I, I if you came home and your shit was all torn up, you'd be scared. I, I don't believe that. Yeah, she, but I also wouldn't be a police officer who's fucking strapped. That's fair. That is true. Um, and so, uh, we then cut to uh, Stephanie and... Natalie and TK making the arrangements. We learn that Natalie is bringing is a, not obviously by the end she isn't, but apparently bringing Casper Van Diem to uh, to the wedding. Um, well, they're going over the seating chart yeah, specifically, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's important, by the way, that Casper Van Diem is still in the mix. Um, and uh, that's that's Johnny Rico, baby. Mm-hmm. Don't get it twisted. I'll, I mean, so, sorry, I apologize. I apologize to speaking ill on the name of Casper Van Diem. Um, and uh, we then see TK come out in her wedding dress. You know, it's a modest thing. You know, good for her, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then Natalie has to go to meet Monk at the crime lab. And TK asks, how do you do it? Because obviously she's handling it kind of hard, the whole deal with the break-in. Yeah, and um, she's not handling it well at no. all. Um, she's panicking about the idea of being a cop's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, for, like, these specific reasons of, like, always being in the line of fire and mm-hmm. danger and stuff but i really girl like honestly the first thing you should worry about being a cop's wife is whether he's gonna fuck someone else let's yeah let's be honest yeah uh, yeah I, that, correct i think that yeah especially that he's like a captain too it's not like he's a beat cop like he's you know right um, cops are notoriously unable to keep their dick in their pants mm-hmm. yeah correct uh yeah this is slanderous but we're towards the end of the run so who cares um yeah, yeah, yeah. and so um <laughs> We then cut to uh, this crime lab where Monk is messing with an uh, arrangement of flowers that Stamar brought in. But, of course, it's a mixed arrangement. It's supposed to be mixed. Right. And how fortuitous that he brought in the arrangement with him yes. um, at this time. Very fortuitous. But, so, yeah, yeah. So they start looking at uh, the only piece of evidence they do mm-hmm. have, which is the boot that they found on the mm-hmm. stiff. Yes. Because he's still I, I like unidentified. Little... And the only, yes. what's the only thing that Randy says that they know about him? That he was flammable, <laughs> which really <laughs> got something out of me. That's a good joke. Laughed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's about it. And yeah. um, and so they start to get into the particulars of, like, the bachelor party right before they dive into it. And Randy's like, oh, what time should I show up at? And Monk tells him, oh, 6 p.m. And that already, red flag, red yeah. flag, red flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a good thing when your bachelor party starts at 6 p.m. Yeah, exactly. Unless the thing is 6 p.m. because we're pre-gaming before we go to the... Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the only yeah, time yeah, it's acceptable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and we know that's not happening. No, uh, and it's a workbook size twelve, so we know he's tall. Which you actually don't know that because I wear like a size eleven and a half, and I'm five eight. So you know, they could, he could also have unusually long toes. So just, that, just yeah, that. I'm a size ten, and I'm five seven. See, that's why we do the podcast together. We have feet that are big for our uh, heights. Um, yes. Yeah, definitely. I remember. I, I think I my shoe size is like I'm supposed to be six feet, which that blows. Would have would have preferred to be six feet and have small feet, but uh, same, you know. same. Anyways, uh, so we also find out that not only was he tall, but he has he was slightly bow legged mm-hmm. from the heel mm-hmm. uh, because of like the wearing in yeah. his boot, mm-hmm. and there was a thorn in the boot that had no break, meaning it was cut out. I, I no, it was caught, meaning that meaning that it was from a. F- Basically, what we could oh. see, it's from a, it was from a flower that was not, like, in the ground. It was from a flower that was in an arrangement because it was cut. Right. Yeah. And and they find a piece of green styrofoam. Yes. Um, and I do love Disher says, uh, I'm going to send that down to the lab. And Stammer says, we're in the lab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did like that. And he's uh, like, all right, I'll just put it down yeah. right here then. And so Disher offers to hold the ring for Monk and... Uh, Stamar says offhandedly, you know, I might not be needing it. TK is having second thoughts because, you know, because of the B&E. Yes. Um, yeah, he, yeah. He, 
Sorry, go on. Oh, I, I don't know why I'm having trouble with this. Um, but yeah, now Stalmer can't bring his gun in the house, etc. It's just a bunch of stuff. Oh. Uh, yeah, Monk, he has to leave the gun in the car. Monk then looks back at the, the flowers and realizes green styrofoam. He was a florist. Ooh, yep. Nah. Now they know his profession. Uh, yep. And so we next cut to uh, TK sitting in a park. Sitting on the, a park bench. Uh, sorry. Is that from like community? Or something? No, that's it's a uh, Aqualung by Jeff Toll. I mean, that's for the oh. that's for the fifty year olds in the audience. I mean, I'm not a huge fan. I just know that it's a famous song. Uh, I only know Hey Aqualung from Anchorman, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they play flute. That's their thing. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, TK sitting on a bench, no Jethro Tull, um, and she gets a phone call, uh, an anonymous phone call, and <clears throat> the person on the line threatens to stop by again, um, and maybe next time uh, they will both be home at mm-hmm. Sotomayor's house. This is clearly the same person that broke in the first time. Yeah, and so then Stamar shows up, and she tells him about it, and, you know, he's on a payphone, he's a mechanical... And he's trying to downplay, you know, it's probably just some creep doing it for the hell of it. Which, like, no, creeps, a creep would call the home. A creep would find out Steinmeier's fiance's cell phone number, you know? Um, right, right. And, um, and yeah, he's trying to reassure her, and eventually, you know, he gets kind of talked into it, and he kind of, he just wants to cancel the bachelor party. He yeah. wants to be with his woman. He wants to, like, make sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. And she assures him that, no, Monk's been looking forward to this. You should go to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I will go to the office, and there's at least 20 people there, so mm-hmm. I'll be covered. And yeah. so Monk reminds – or sorry, Stoudemire reminds her that it's a party at Monk's, so it mm-hmm. should be over around 9 p.m. So yeah. he's good. They're good. Yep. So uh, we cut to the party, and everyone's eating Wait, pizza. Wait, no, 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 no. Oh, real quick, real quick. Oh, wait. TK says one more thing. She oh, right, voices right. to she voices to Sotomayor her apprehension about being a cop's wife and asks if this is going to be her life going mm-hmm. forward. And Sotomayor, that's when, like you said, he he also again says like, no, this is just like an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. This doesn't happen all the time. And yeah, it'll be fine. So yeah, we cut to them. Everyone has pizza, but it's plain pizza and not just cheese and sauce plain, but uh, nothing on it plain, just bread. Yeah, just bread. Um, this is like the worst bachelor party. People are drinking out of juice boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a bathroom in the bathroom. So Which that's... is a great joke. Just a great joke. Big fan. Uh, the poor uh, yeah, it's the a, uh, yeah, a great uh, a great joke. I just like I, I couldn't help but like think about the logistics of it. Like, mm-hmm. how do you fit a fucking Porta John inside of a San Francisco apartment? Carefully. Um, I'm sorry. I guess. I'm or sorry. build it in there. Yeah, exactly. You have to build. You have to build it around like a ship in a bottle. Um, and so, Disher comes. I in. I found out how you do that, by the way. What is that? Do you there build you... the bot? You, I mean, I, I, I don't you just build it around it or no? I mean, I know you can also. No, 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 no. People no, no. do you build, build it through it, but. Um... Yeah, no. You build it like so that it's like flat, like an accordion, and then you like take something and then you pull it up. And oh, then, I didn't know that. That's cool. Back. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say that that seems like a waste of time, but then I remembered all of my hobbies, and it's like I can't talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we learn also that the, uh, the call came from a payphone on Vinton Street. Um, yep. No prints. Uh, and yeah, we learned that TK scared to death, and uh, then Monk brings in the cooler, um, and uh, uh, asks, "Is everyone having fun?" And some cop says, "Is anybody having fun?" And then Monk says a few words about Leland. Um, that are uh, not less than ideal. Yeah, he basically inf- like refers to like all of his failed marriages, and it's like some long-winded joke. The, about, the like, joke, someone... the, the gist of it is, he walks in to a bar with a duck on his head, and the bartender says, "Are you Leland Stahlmeier, who had his first marriage annulled after five days, who uh, had another marriage divorced of twenty years, his last girlfriend was arrested for first-degree murder, and you're getting married again? You must be you're crazy." That explains the duck on your head, and that's the only thing we get through the joke, which like. On its face is not a bad joke. It's just a bad joke to tell then and there. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and also, if you're going to tell a joke about a duck being in a bar, the joke is put it on my bill. You know what I mean? Like, that's the that's the joke you make. That's nice. one of my favorites. Um, I've never heard that before. Oh, really? That's a classic. Um, uh, yeah, put it on my bill. Because it's so stupid. Because the, the reason it's funny to me is because I love imagining a bartender, like, confused, and then placing a drink on top of a duck's bill. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so... They break out the booze, and, uh, there's a problem. Yeah, there are 12 guests, 
and there are exactly 12 beers in this, uh, what do you call that? A cooler? Yeah, yeah cooler, cooler, yeah. No, there's and a big so unrealistic I, thing here, though. Yeah, you can't seen, fit 12 beers in that shit. Well, one, sure, sure. But two, we know that Monk lives across the street from, like, a corner store. Why does someone not just pop out? Like, that's, I just don't believe that no one would be like, let me go get some more. Like, that's stupid. Not only that, but, like, he's got a refrigerator. Like, well, no, Monk does, the reason Monk only but gets four, six, I mean, 12 beers is because he doesn't understand that people drink more than one beer. It's not because he doesn't have space. It's he thinks that people only drink one beer because he's Monk. Well, I think he would have had a problem with having 12 as opposed to 10. That is a good point. But he, it is also the same amount of people that are there, so I think that he can, like, it works in that way. You know what I mean? Like, that it, it still is good in his head because it's not just, uh, not just, um, it's the right amount of people. But yeah, someone definitely would have gone across the street and got a 32-pack of freaking Milwaukee's Best Light or some garbage. You know, like, I just don't... Listen, this is a bunch of cops. Guaranteed they would have had flask on them. Oh, also, uh, and, I, and, and then I said, too, they also would have gotten a 34-pack, uh, I mean, 32-pack of Rolling Rock is actually what they would have gotten. Um, I actually find it, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I actually find it hard to believe that they would just be pounding beer and not just, like, have some, like... I, actually, I honestly don't know. licky. I don't know. I mean, my, uh, I don't know. My, uh, dad and his friends still mostly drink beer. I mean, obviously, they still have, they have more mixed drinks than they did back in the day when they were younger, but I feel like... Was your dad a cop? No, my dad wasn't a cop, but I don't think... Uh, why would... I didn't know that cops drinking hard liquor was a thing. I mean, I know they drink flats, but I didn't know that they drank hard liquor as opposed to beer. Uh, I didn't think that that was a, you know... I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean... If you're a cop who's listening, you're not, because... Well, if you're a cop who's listening, have some self-respect, because we definitely have... You really shouldn't be. Uh, yeah, we've been some... trashing cops all fucking... Uh, the entire time. This whole run. Yeah. And so anyway, what Steinmar decides is, and I think this is a good idea, rather than everyone just get, like, a slight tiredness, let's get one guy good and polluted, which I've, I've never heard that term used before for drunk, and I like it. I will go... I will use that going forward, 100%. Yeah. And so our good friend Randy Disher decides he's going to be the one to get the drunkest and mm-hmm. let the games begin, even though we don't get to see the aftermath, no. unfortunately. So Monkton pulls out his movie, and it's a movie perfect for a bachelor party. What movie did he pick out? He picked out Bachelor Party. Yeah, which is a movie I haven't seen, but it's, Same. it's the thing is, I, I know it's not a bad movie, so it is kind of like weird. It's just, it's not like funny, it's just, I just don't know how it would play out, like, if you put on a movie that's no, like... No, period. Don't watch a fucking movie well, during a bachelor party. Well, no, no shit. I'm just saying that it's not like the movie... The movie he picked out is funny just because it's dumb, but it's. what I'm saying is it's not like he picked out a movie that's famously bad or something like that. He just picked out an average movie, which is weird. Um, that's actually it's not weird. I guess, like, whenever you imagine Monk... If you were to ask me to write this episode, Monk would, for some reason, pick out a bad movie. Instead, he just picked out an average movie, which, you know, is... Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm asking for. I mean, I think the funniest thing is if Monk would have accidentally bought a porn. That would be the funniest. I, I would prefer that, but, you know, um, I guess they need to get Tom Hanks some residuals. Little Debbie does Dallas action going? Okay. Sure. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Monk is laughing a lot, uh, and uh, he says it's off the hook, and then he gets uncomfortable with some vomit. But uh, then Stonar says he's going to leave. Yeah, he's worried about TK. And, uh, you know, he wants to make sure he's home when she gets there. And Randy runs in from the wherever the fuck he was. And he was outside. That, yeah, he was outside. And he says that, has any, does anyone have a Crown Vic out? And obviously they're all a bunch of cops, so they definitely do. But the only difference with this Crown Vic is that there are flames on the side of it and on top and pretty much everywhere. Yeah. And we're not talking about some decals. No. We're talking about actual flames. Yes. Stonmeyer's car is on fire. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So then we cut to Stoudemire the next day, um, going through cases, uh, trying to figure out who's trying to mess with him. Um, because apparently the night before, him and TK ended up standing the night in a motel because she got so scared by just, you know, the whole situation. Understandably, honestly. I mean, this someone lit a, gun, you know, a car on fire, broke into your house, that's, you know, less than ideal. Yeah, that's a personal vendetta. Yeah. And so, um... They, uh, Samar's like, if someone wants to hurt me, why doesn't he just hurt me? And it turns out that most of the guys he thinks might have done it are either in jail or dead. Or possibly both. I, I, that's a, such a great Randy bit. It's just, I mean, <laughs> it is, but I also thought about it and I was just like, what if, like, they died in prison and were buried there somewhere? I don't think that they do that. I, but I'm not an expert on, uh, the carceral system. 
I'm not, I also wouldn't put it past jails to better people there because the carceral system is bad. So, are you uh, familiar with what a fifi bag is? A fifi bag is no. To do okay. is it is just it, Google it, Google it on is your it, own. Okay, is it a, the same thing as a jail wallet? Yes. Okay, that's that's what I would have guessed. <laughs> okay, um, good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, I do love that. I at least wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on a second. What do you not, mean by like a? Oh, a jail, jail wallet, wallet is when you. Sh- stick shit up your ass in order to get it oh no, no 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 oh. a fifi bag is when you make like a like a like a fake uh what do you call it like a what's the thing that you have like well i'm really confused a fake what those those things is it a flashlight yeah oh yeah, yeah. oh so you, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's oh, a okay. homemade flashlight that you make like out of like oh okay yeah okay stuff. i love that i also had an idea that was gross but it wasn't the same thing okay <laughs> Um, I love that. I love that my wife is looking at me, just nodding, like shaking her head in disapproval. I mean, it's understandably, um, but yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I definitely. Uh... Anyway, so, yeah. How do we recover from that? Uh, honestly, we've recovered from worse, um, yeah. and so uh, yeah. There hasn't been much cuck talk lately. No, there hasn't really been much cuckolding going on. Um, yeah. I would say that I'll be honest. I think in the finale, there's some we can get some buyers out of cuckolding. Um, All right, let's get it. Uh, and so, uh, ooh, I know why. Yeah, yeah. go on. And so, uh, we, uh, we uh, Randy asked about Joey Knox, um, and but apparently he's in Mexico, and Joey's brother is deceased. Um, but they get some more news that they might be have an ID on the burn victim because there's a one in Pacific uh, flower shop in Pacific Heights that has a clerk that's been missing. Yeah, they just got a burn notice, and they're going to go look into it. Um, but Stott's not going to come along. You can't do that. Along. You can't do that. My name is Michael Weston, and I used to be a spy <laughs> until we got a burn notice on you. You're blacklisted. I'm not going to do the whole thing. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I had to. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, Stott's going to be – he's going to be in his office mm-hmm. uh, casing his files, making mm-hmm. sure he's got every uh, I dotted and T crossed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so – Monk and Disher and Natalie are going to go look into it. Yeah, but anytime I hear that phrase, I probably referenced this before, but I think of just the first PG-13 movie I ever saw was the Adam Sandler comedy, Mr. Deeds, and there's a great bit where they don't even re- That's the first PG-13 yeah. movie you ever saw? Yeah, keep in mind that I'm like 10 years younger than you. Uh, I mean, I was You're like not seven, 10 years younger no, than me. No, 8 years up. younger than you, I think. Uh, but anyway... Uh, there's a bit where Peter Gallagher is just like, yeah, you know, we should do some paperwork. We need to... to dot the T's and cross the I's. And I remember, I the first two times I watched the movie, I didn't get that. And I remember when I was like 10 and I watched it again, I'm like, oh my God, that's the best joke I've ever heard. And you know what? It's still pretty good. Um, anyway, shouts to Peter Gallagher and his eyebrows. Speaking of shouts outs, shouts out to Carol Kane, who plays the florist. Um, it really who the is, fuck is Carol Kane? Carol Kane's a comedy legend. What are you talking about? Um, I don't know shit about comedy, yeah. obviously. She was, I mean, the thing you might know of her, she plays Billy Crystal's wife in The Princess Bride. That's probably her, like, most mainstream thing. But she's one of those people who's uh, been, like, a, in comedy shit forever. Like, that people will tell you, going back to the 80s, people have been doing comedy since the 70s and 80s, or, like, Carol Kane's, like, a fucking legend. You know, she was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt for a bit. Um, but she's just one of those people that, like, anyone who's in comedy is, like, tweets. You know those people who are, like, much more famous in one specific group? She's just, like, a fucking icon in comedy. So... I did well, find if it, I did if I didn't watch the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt before, I certainly am not now. I mean, that it shows actually pretty good, but um, and she's very funny in it. Um, but uh, and I also think she's funny in this, even though I think we might disagree on this because this feels like a thing I like that you don't. No, no, no it was okay. fine. It was okay. fine. Um, and so yeah, we meet her. She doesn't like being called an owner, much like uh, NBA governors. She doesn't like to be called an owner. Um, and uh, right. yeah, they're talking about they're asking about Charlie Doyle. Yeah, Charlie Doyle, uh, yeah, he's, uh, is an employee, he might have been the stiff, apparently, yeah, uh, he might, he's been missing for a week, he's mm-hmm. worked there for about three years, mm-hmm. and, uh, he's a very private person, mm-hmm. so private, in fact, that she doesn't have an address for him, and she doesn't even know if that's his real fucking name. Yep, because she pays him under the table, uh, and when Randy tells her it's against the law, he says, she says, who's law? And Monk says, who's law? And she says, exactly! <laughs> Um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, she's she's cool. You know what they need to do though? He needs to do the the move that they always do in Law and Order, which I know you'll recognize. Whenever someone is hesitant about bringing up a minor crime, when it's the murder police, it's like, no, we're we're not we're not a part of the IRS. We're uh, we're not. We don't care that you're paying guys. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? That's yeah. always the best. You know? Once yeah. Like, wait, it's like okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally just admit to like a crime to an officer of the law. I'm mm-hmm. like totally. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I guarantee you that that happens too, though, because people are way oh, too willing absolutely. to admit to stuff all the time. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I admit to stuff that people don't even ask me about. 
Um, and so, uh, so yeah, we don't know uh, what his deal is. And then she decides that she's going to tell everyone what their flowers are. Natalie is a butterfly orchid. And she says she's a tiger lily, which I feel like that's a bit like saying, you know, I feel like that's so selfish to call yourself a tiger. That's a great flower, you know what I mean? Like, what the, I don't even know what a tiger lily, I'm looking it up. I don't know, I just, I feel like that's almost like, I'm trying to think of a good example of what I mean. It's almost like if someone asks you what uh, house you are in Hogwarts and you just saying, assuming you're Gryffindor, like you might be, but like you won't get to say that. That's, you're being fucking selfish, man. Hold on a second. No, I'm... Okay, you just opened up a can of worms. Okay. okay. The yeah. only reason why anyone gives a fuck about Gryffindor is because the three main characters are I like understand from that. That's my, my point is that if you are saying that you're in Gryffindor, then that means that you're like... That you're not actually thinking about it. That you're just want, you just want to be part of the main... With the main characters. In the same way actually, that... Actually, yeah, yeah. I actually think the sickest house would be Ravenclaw. Oh, for sure. And as someone... And this should come as a surprise to zero people who have ever listened to a minute of this podcast... I've, I've taken multiple Harry Potter tests, only two, because, you know, why not? And could not be more Ravenclaw. Uh, sure, I, just uh, the Pottermore one is the main one, uh, like the official Harry Potter one. Um, yeah, I From am, MuggleNet? Uh, what? From MuggleNet? MuggleNet, yes, exactly. Um, I really feel bad for anyone who gets Slytherin. Um, you know, uh, it's just, you really just gotta take a look in the mirror. Um, because yeah, think about think about the fact that the way the the books really go is it's there's a house for people who are brave, a house for people who are smart, a house for people who are evil, and a house for people who are other. Imagine being 11 years old and being told by a hat, "Yeah, man, you're evil. Sorry, man, <laughs> real fucked up." Um, <laughs> I was gonna make a very uncouth joke. Yeah, I honestly, if the thing about this podcast is if you say you're gonna make an uncouth joke, then it's too uncouth. You know. Anyway, so I was uh, gonna say I'm sure Dylan Roof is a Slytherin. I mean, by the letter of the law, yes, absolutely. And that is should tell you everything you need to know about Slytherin. Not Slytherin, eh? Anyway, then uh, we learn that Randy is a crocus, which is just a bud, um, which is nice. And then Monk... He's a good bud. Yeah. Monk then is being examined. His aura is very dark. He has no joy. And so he's determined to be a cactus. No. First it's a thistle. Sorry, which right, I'll right. have I'll have you know, I believe is the... The national—I don't—is it a national plant? The state plant? No, it's a national plant of like Scotland or something. Damn, Scott's gonna have more self-respect. Um, uh, but anyway, um, you know that multiple states' national drink is milk. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I, the national flower of Scotland is the thistle. Jesus Christ, that's that's dark. <laughs> that's bleak. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, but then eventually. Uh, they go to get some fingerprints from a station, and um, then Carol Kane comes back around and says, no, this is your flower, and hands Monk a plastic flower. Yeah, not a good look for him, um, but he likes it. Mm-hmm. He's all right. Yeah. So then we cut to a church. Uh, they're taken to church, and, uh, you know, we've reintroduced to Max and Jared, and Jared Stalmeyer does not look anything like he did previously, but that's fine. Wait, Jared was there? Yeah, the two kids. We're, we're next to Stoudemire. That was Max and Jared. I kids. did not put that together. Yeah. No. Uh, and then Stephanie shows up. And, uh, you know, apparently she looks younger than she did 10 years ago. Um, you know, which is a compliment, I guess. I mean, it's not. Which it is a thing. Is, it's a thing you could do. You can have done if you want. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, but then we learn that Monk has a complaint. He wants to raise a question with Stoudemire that Natalie insists that he doesn't. Yeah, he wants to walk uh tk's dad down the aisle because they have they're the exact same height and how cool would that be um and i will just say this obviously you know of my height and uh, more or less of my body type um so my at that same friend gabriel his wedding um they for whatever reason matched me up with the bridesmaid who was like okay i don't want to be a dick but she was like six feet tall and probably like twice my weight Mm mm-hmm which just inspired my sister and a ton of my friends to just be laughing at me in the crowd. And I was just like, you fucking motherfucker. Mm. Yeah. I don't have anything to respond to that. The twice the weight thing is tough. Because then I, if it wasn't that, I would say, like, man, you got to climb that like a tree, you know. Which is, of course, a thing that I actually don't actually mean because I'm not that guy. But, um... I was yeah. also single at the time, so I, that wouldn't have been out of the realm. Yeah, you, you obviously were ready to mingle. Um... And so, anyway, we learn from Disher, who comes in, that the missing clerk's real name is Martin Kettering, who was a fugitive 
an eco-terrorist who blew up some condos in Denver um, with three other people that are all fugitives. Yeah, and the three other people being uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Mm -hmm. Dakota Fanning, and Peter Sarsgaard Mm -hmm. from the famous 2013 movie Night Moves, directed by Kelly Reichardt. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie, but I am familiar with it as a concept. Okay. Uh, Yes. And so anyway... um, we then meet the priest who uh, did you recognize who the priest was played by uh no returning in his second role Michael Shaloub he's back oh the no bro- shit brother Shaloub back and then oh as, brother Shaloub yeah as they do the uh the procession practice Randy's playing some steel drums I'm personally I think steel drums are a cool instrument cause it just I can never get in my mind how a piece of metal makes those sounds uh but yeah absolutely I was a big fan big fan mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I, 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 I literally wanted him to just start doing the Little Mermaid song mm-hmm. as soon as I heard it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, what's his fate? A Mank, uh, Alan Menken and, fuck, what's the guy he worked with's name? Uh, who died, uh, I think, like, right before the Little Mermaid. Anyway, that they deserve, like, a royalties on every steel drum sold. Because they, I mean, can you imagine any song that has done more for one instrument than, uh, than Under the Sea did for the steel drum? I will only co-sign that if I know for a fact that they're of Caribbean descent. Oh, they definitely are not. They're, I think, both very Jewish. So then I'm not. So I'm not conceding that to them. That no. you know, honestly, that is a fair point that I was not thinking about. Uh, and so anyway, um, you know, we learn that TK is scared to death, um, you know, uh, of this whole situation, and um, they get they get ready to you know do the practice or whatever, and then as they're all at the altar, uh, waiting for Randy to stop playing. Uh, there's an explosion. Yeah, a pretty weak one. If sure. we're being completely honest, uh, it seemed to. I mean, I think. But when we know the motive of the person, she's not trying to hurt anyone. She's trying. Yeah, to she was trying to scare the shit. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, then again, no, because she killed someone. So that is true. But no, but she's not trying to like hurt TK. I mean, you know, she's not an oh, okay. untethered monster. Right, and so one of the yeah, it blows up and. Uh, TK takes off. Mm-hmm. Uh, she takes. She takes off running. She's a runaway bride. Mm-hmm. And Stock comes outside. And um, yeah, it sounds like she's she's out on this. Great, honestly, and, that you did that brings up a great point. That if this an episode, this episode is a runaway bride, but Hector Elizondo does not appear in it. Um, oh, yeah. Is he is he going to appear anymore? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. He, I, there's a, a scene that I think about a lot in the finale that he's in. It's great. Um, okay. Yeah. By the way, the church is on Vinton and Third. I wrote that down. That was my next note. Um, Vinton and Vinton Street Hooligans strike again. The Vinton Street Hooligans, man, that's got to be fucking. But I got to get a T-shirt made like a, uh, you know, one of those like uh, Rex Center Softball League style shirts. Um, yeah. Honestly, um, that might be my next like fantasy football name. Yeah, I I I have the brand where I have to make my fantasy names puns on players' names. Um, yeah. Which sucks, because now I have to have freaking Calvin Ridley on my roster, even though he's out probably for the rest of the season, because I fucking photoshopped his face onto the Riddler so I could do Ridley me this Batman, you know, and I can't drop him now. Um, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Thank God I didn't name it after Henry Ruggs. That would have been rough, because I had him on my team, too. Um, anyway. Uh, so then we cut to TK. He's going to sell her wedding dress, um, because the wedding's off. Yeah, the wedding's off. She's been properly spooked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a very, a very tough situation. Um, and we find out that Stott offered to quit the force for her. He turned in his badge. Mm. Did he turn in his gun? No. No one knows. No. But, but she declined. She knows that this is what he was made out to be. Like, this is his life. And, uh, she couldn't, uh, yeah. possibly, uh, accept that. Yeah. And Natalie notes that he bleeds blue, which is, uh, a phrase that I remember I once had we once did a bit on my college radio my college radio show that was like the onion on the radio where we did a bit where we what college a, uh new york university oh uh, okay and i think i've we, heard of uh, it yeah we did a bit where we it was when cc zabathia uh took time off in the playoffs to work on his alcoholism and we did a bit where we had a new york sports radio show where people were calling in mad that he was doing that because they drink all the time and they still go to work <laughs> and one of the bits was it's like man i drink 15 keystones a day and i'm still working right now i bleed blue baby so that's what i immediately thought of um but yeah and the thing is it was the pe- the callers were uh ray from the bronx ray from queens and raymond from staten island who immediately says yeah call me ray <laughs> oh god <laughs> ah man great stuff great memories uh, you can still find those on the internet. I don't know how some. There's probably are jokes that would get me canceled, and not really that bad because I was really conscious about it. But you know, I never know. You never know. 
what uh what you wrote anyway so uh we need mike and the mad dog i mean the actually i said a radio show it actually was we had a guy do an impression of mike francesa and we used the audio we used like his theme song and stuff like that so we did actually pretend it was mike francesa (laughs) i'm I'm surprised you didn't get your ass sued what 30 people were listening to it and also the laws about comedy with like satire it's honestly almost impossible to get sued over a comedy bit in america it, it which is great i think it's a very good thing but yeah you really have to be fucking like we might have actually the only thing we could have gotten sued for was taking the theme song but actually impersonating him that's completely he's a public figure anyway um so uh natalie then has a heart to heart with tk which i think is a very sweet thing for natalie to do Mm-hmm. yeah yeah no she um she definitely does um, she tries, like, I mean, she loves Sotomayor, and she knows that they're good together, for whatever Well, reason. no, but what's the example Natalie uses, I mean, from her own life? Well, no, I, I'm getting to Oh, that. okay, okay. Uh, yeah, he gives her a pep, she gives her a pep talk about it, and she, you know, she explains her situation, or what happened with Mitch, and obviously they had eight years that they were married, and she would have been married to him for eight minutes, and she still would have married him, knowing how everything ended up. And, um, you know, good for her to, um, you know, be okay with having married a coward. Exactly. Exactly. And you just tell Stephanie is just freaking tight. She's freaking mad. This whole, she's still mad. She wants to take a swing at Natalie right now. Um, And so then we cut to Monk and Stahlmeier. And Monk is refusing to give up the ring. Um, And Stahlmeier's like, it's over. I'm an expert. And then Monk says, you love her. You need her. She's your answer. And the way that Ted Levine plays hearing that just, like, unexpectedly just gave me, like, my heart sank. You know what I mean? Like, he really... I think he does a really, really, really good job in this episode. Um, but, man, that really hit him like a ton of bricks, bricks, and therefore it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... It means a lot coming from Monk, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's not the type of person who would talk about shit like that. Yeah, no, of course not. Um... Yeah, exactly. Uh, he, you know, Monk, no, I mean, they've, like, as we've established before, they've known each other for over 20 years, mm-hmm. and Sotomayor has seen him at his worst, and I'm sure Monk has seen Sotomayor at his worst, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it just makes sense. Like, it's uh, it's the perfect thing that you want to hear from somebody. But then Monk says that he doesn't think he can open his hand, which, you know, that's just tragic. Then Stephanie enters, and, uh, you know, she needs to get the tux, because she's, you know, fixing everything. Um, and he, she says, you'll find someone, you've got your whole life ahead, which that's fucking, that's rude. What the hell? Yeah, she's the worst. I'm glad she went bankrupt. Horrible. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, they, she ends up grabbing the tux and leaving. And she mentions in passing that she needs to go to Affinity, the Mm -hmm. flower shop. Yes. And ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. That is the flower shop where Martin Kettering Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. working at. Yeah. And so uh, we also remember she got arrested the same night that the body showed up. And where did she get arrested? A mile from the body. Yeah, and that immediately gets thought out of his seat. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We're confronting her right now. Mm-hmm. And they ask, you know, who were you? you known TK for 12 years. Uh, what were you doing before then? You ever hear about the Earth Avengers? Which, I, I mean... I know about the Earth event. I know about Earth's Avengers, freaking Iron Man, Captain America. No, um, and so. Uh, oh yeah, you know all about that. You're goddamn right, I do. Uh, and so, yeah. She's trying to, you know, def- deflect, but then she does the thing that you know is going to happen inevitably. She pulls out the biscuit and puts it to Monk's chest. Yeah, and she's, you know, she's revealing her true colors right now, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, she she makes not only does she hold the gun to him, she makes Leland throw his mm-hmm. his biscuit in the in, in the, the trash. trash. Yeah, and uh, not to make a scene out of it. Mm-hmm. And you know they're walking down the road or down the path, mm-hmm. and that's when Monk gets into here's what happened, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty simple one. They they all are these days. Yeah. Uh, it's not a lot not a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Basically, she. Uh, she had reinvented herself after mm-hmm. being a part of this eco-terrorist group, mm-hmm. and she had found a new life, and that was all disturbed the minute that she was picking up flowers for their wedding. Mm-hmm. She picked up flowers from Affinity, and it just so happened that your boy, Martin Kettering, mm-hmm. was working there. I can live with that one. 
Yeah, yeah, it's fine. He was the innocent party. Um, well, he was an eco-terrorist and, before that, but... Well, yeah. In terms of, like, and the whatever. scale of things to be a terrorist for, that's, like, one of the better ones, so I'll deal with that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um... So, clearly, Martin recognized her upon seeing her, and, you know, he he asked for some cash. He, he bribed her. Um, although, I don't know why she took it seriously, because she could have easily just as been like, hey, I'll turn your ass in, too, so, like, mm-hmm. maybe we should just shut the fuck up about each other? Yeah, I, I think that she was... I think the she thing had a lot more to lose than he did. Yeah, I, exactly. I think that when you're when someone who you when you change your identity and a person from your past who you committed te- terrorist crimes with shows up, you're not really. I think you just want to make the issue go away. You know. Yes, and so yeah, so he she agreed to meet him in the mm-hmm. park mm-hmm. that that night, mm-hmm. and sure enough, they did meet, and mm-hmm. they exchanged. She exchanged a package with him. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be filled with fake bills and. She pulls out the biscuit and fucking shoots him, mm-hmm. kills him, mm-hmm. and lights his body on fire. Mm-hmm. And on her way back home, um, she gets pulled over by the cops, mm-hmm. and she's got the piece on her, so she throws it into the garment bag mm-hmm. that is in the car from when she picked it up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so her car got impounded, the The piece was in the garment bag, and Sotomayor, you know, took it up to his office and he had it in his office, and but she didn't know that, so mm-hmm. she made it. She took it upon herself to like break into his place when mm-hmm. he wasn't there to try to find it because she needed to cover up the evidence, mm-hmm. and yeah, the evidence. And yeah. so the only time that she ever got it was when she was in her office, in the office right before she was confronted. Yeah, and so also basically all of the threats and stuff were to try to make the wedding get called off so she could grab. Yes, 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 yeah. correct. And so the thing I have to say, if you're going to commit a serious crime like murder, for instance, don't. Speed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's 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 crazy, um, but yeah, nonetheless. Yeah. So the uh, they and then walk into her car, and she's you know still being threatening, and um, they're gonna get. They're, she's trying to get Monk into the car, but Monk refuses to get in the back seat, um, and uh, she's like, "This is a gun," you know, confused that he doesn't. He's making demands when he's got a gun. Uh, Against his, you know, body. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but th- just then, who shows up? TK shows up. We're not talking about Tony Kornheiser either. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she's willing to, like, give it all up, man. She loves thought. Mm-hmm. And she wants to get married. Fuck it. Like, in spite of everything that's happened over this episode, you she's willing to get married. Give... Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so she she's does, willing to let it slide, and... actually, is, what, <laughs> is actually the truth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's willing to slide, and then Stephanie reveals she's a fucking scumbag, Mm -hmm. and, you know, she pulls the gun out, you know, trying to threaten somebody, Mm -hmm. and Sotomayor's like, there's no bullets in that gun, and she proves that wrong Mm -hmm. by shooting one in the air, Mm -hmm. right outside of a police station. Yes, but she, I mean, once again, she's desperate, she already has a fucking cop hostage. I don't really blame... She's not thinking clearly. You know, she's yeah, already... Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, if you're in for a penny, you're in for exactly. a Exactly. At this point, the only way she gets away with it is if she, you know, fucking, like, if she has to reinvent her name again and, like, fucking go to Mexico, you know? Like, she's not... Uh, she's not getting away with it and still living her life, you know? Right. Exactly. And so, she fires that bullet off, mm-hmm. but Sotomayor tells her that she's running out of bullets, and she says no, mm-hmm. but... He knows that the clip is still inside the garment bag, mm-hmm. so she only had the one bullet in the chamber, and that's it. Loser, you're mm-hmm. done. That's a, that's it's a dope move. I really like that move a lot. Uh, you know, just cool shit yeah. from Stottlemyre. Um And so then she's under arrest, and, uh, you know, it's like, are you going to marry me or not? Absolutely. Cut to beach wedding, and Michael Shalhoub is, they're doing their vows, um, and Bunk has a very hard time opening his hand. His hand is basically closed shut which as i imagine actually would happen if you had your fist closed for like a week that probably would really fuck up your tendons um yeah i would think so too yeah but they get it out Mm -hmm. and you know they're going through the whole thing and there's just one more thing Mm -hmm. she takes out his badge Mm -hmm. which i forgot where where it It was was, in his wallet and she yeah and oh yeah in his wallet and she puts it on his you know tux Mm mm-hmm and yeah, she's a cop lover, so good for her, I guess. Yep. And so then they kiss, and Randy's playing guitar, and we cut out to look at the beach, and Randy's playing a sweet guitar melody, and the episode ends. What do you give this episode out of 10? 
Um, originally I gave it an eight. I'm gonna bump it down to a seven point five. Wow, I gave it an eight point five. I like this episode a lot. Uh, the murder's not crazy, but I like the uh, you know I like the stomp. It's a real showcase for Ted Levine. Um, but anyway, uh, you can hear us next week. Uh, well, damn, I completely skipping the whole bit of what, what it, how do we follow you on Twitter? Oh yeah, you can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J Christie. Please rate, view, subscribe, share the show with the biggest Monk fan in your life, and please tune in next week as we talk about Mr. Monk and the badge. I'm just saying it, man. Let's get monkey. That's it. It's we're there. We're there. <laughs>